back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Friday show for the first week of our second round coverage. Uh, today's date, May 5th of 2023. I don't know if I've been saying that in the last few episodes, but yeah, that's today's date. I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome back to the show, uh, or welcome to the show if you're new, um, if you've been listening already. Either way, we welcome you to the show. We appreciate your support. Um, for today's show, we're going to keep it pretty simple. Um, I've said that the last few times, but um, yeah, I've personally had a pretty stacked schedule lately, and um, I've had a lot of different stuff going on. So for my personal schedule, it makes a little more sense to just focus on some game summaries first, and then we'll get into the latest news and then give you some previews for this weekend of uh, continued playoff action we'll talk a little bit about some second round stuff as well um maybe not as in depth as we would have otherwise maybe we'll save that for a little bit of our monday show um and also speaking of monday's show just a quick heads up we won't have wyatt on our monday show uh he has uh a cruise scheduled uh which is good for him and i mean he's he's a hardworking guy doing you know school and work full-time he's he's got a newborn kid at home um i mean he's off for the summer as far as school goes so that's great but um yeah he's working hard man and he's he's building the future for himself and so uh yeah wishing him the best you know certainly deserving of a, a cruise like that um so monday he won't be on the show but uh that being said let's go ahead and jump into our game summaries and it starts with um Thursday night, last night, uh, game two of the Warriors Lakers series in which the Golden State Warriors hosting the Lakers, they uh, made up for their game one disappointment by uh, trouncing the Lakers 127 to 100. Um, Big win for them. You know, they tied the series. Of course, if they were to lose both home games, that would be uh, a very disastrous situation. So they they get the minimum done. They get the one win. Um, of course, now going to Los Angeles, looking to steal a game on the road, um, which uh, they've shown so far in the playoffs, they're capable of winning on the road. So we'll see if that's uh, obviously that has been a dichotomy compared to what they did in the regular season. Uh, we'll see if that continues for the second round series. Um, and you look at the flow of the game. It was very competitive, very close up through the midway through the second quarter. Warriors went on a nice little run to build themselves a, a good lead going into halftime. And then in the third quarter, often or as is often the case with the Warriors, the floodgates open. They're in their element. They're going on runs. They're getting some stops. The crowd's into it. And, um, you know, early third quarter onward, and the game was kind of, uh, you know, a, a final, you know, the decision to be made as far as who's going to win that game. I look at things for the Lakers, LeBron with 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists. I believe he got a really quick start in this game from what I saw and maybe didn't have a huge scoring second half, maybe wrestling a lot of that fourth quarter, um, but still a solid game. Uh, 21 points for Rui Hachimura coming off the bench. He's been um, better than he was for them in the regular season coming into the playoffs. I don't know. He has been a little inconsistent as far as being consistently really pr- pretty good, um, but he's been productive more often than not for the Lakers, which is which is certainly good. Outside of LeBron and Hachimura, um, Anthony Davis only with 11 points, uh, w- with 11 attempts from the floor for the game, seven rebounds, four assists, 
three blocks and a steal, though, defensively still making a, a strong impact. D'Angelo Russell, 10 points, eight assists. Uh, those are your double-figure scores for the Lakers. Meanwhile, for the winning team, the home team, the Warriors, 30 points for Klay Thompson, 8 of 11 from three-point range, um, absolutely dialed in. Um, Steph Curry, 20 points, 12 assists. Of course, he's happy to uh, give it up to Clay. let him run amok from three when he's having one of those nights, get some assists, get the team going. Uh, Jermichael Green actually starting at forward. It looks like, you know, Kerr's going to make another – Lineup change. He's going to test out Jermichael Green starting Draymond at center, matching up with uh, Anthony Davis, Andrew Wiggins at forward. Maybe in an attempt, you know, they, they keep that size in there. They keep a little bit more mobile. Um, in game one, it looked like the Lakers had Vanderbilt on Steph Curry, and maybe this prevents them from doing that a little bit. You know, Vanderbilt has to be on a, a bigger guy, a Jermichael Green or an Andrew Wiggins. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't have a chance to watch this game, so I'm not sure if that's exactly how it played out. But uh, interesting lineup change. Yeah, Jermichael Green, who was, I mean, he was a, an offseason signing I liked for the Warriors. He hadn't really been a huge part of the rotation. In years past, he's been a underrated backup for the Nuggets and before that, the Grizzlies. And um, yeah, 15 points, three of six from three, two assists, a rebound. I mean, the points are nice, and that was you know a big part of, their night was just scoring the basketball. Draymond, 11 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and a steal. Andrew Wiggins with 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And then off the bench, Moses Moody with 10 points and 7 rebounds. Moody, again, um, a guy who's been more prominent in the Warriors rotation in the postseason than he was in the regular season. Um, so, again, great win for the Warriors. Uh, they they tie up the series, so now they will go into Los Angeles tomorrow, Saturday, are, uh, and the Lakers will see if they can win both home games and put themselves in a great position to try and win that series. Let's jump to today's games. Friday, we had a couple of games, and this was the start of the uh, game threes for all of our second round series. And it started with the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Boston Celtics and losing at home. A surprising one. Celtics win at 114 to 102. A little surprising. I mean, this is going to be a close series. This is, you know, ultra competitive. Um, surprising in the sense that this was, uh, Embiid's, he returned the last game, but this was his first home game since the net series. Um, you know, after getting injured in that series and it was also his first home game after being officially named the league's MVP. Uh, of course they did the ceremony, uh, this, Tonight, they did that ceremony, emotional moment, you know, and the crowd is extra behind you. You know, you've you've just won a highly coveted award, your team in the second round, hoping to get to that conference finals. And so a lot going on, but the Celtics able to um, play the spoiler and get the win here again, 114 to 102. Boston grabs a two to one series lead uh, and Sixers is looking to, of course, in game four, they'll look to, to get the win to to not up the series two to two. And then you have basically a brand new series uh, at that point. And it'll be, uh, that would be interesting. It would also be very interesting if the Celtics managed to steal game four as well. A lot of intrigue in this series all around. Um, and Boston was for the most part in control for most of the game. I mean, uh, five lead changes, most of that in the first half or all of it in the first half, excuse me. 
but then Boston good lead at half and then they just maintained the lead, but it was, you know, cut down at a lot of different points. You know, the Sixers were continually in the fight. The lead never got more than 13 points. Uh, so again, Celtics in good position throughout, but the Sixers did put up a solid fight. They weren't ever really out of it uh, at any point. For the Sixers, the MVP, Joel Embiid, 30 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks, a steal, and three assists. Great percentages. Good, you know, newly named MVP at home type of a performance. That's exactly what you'd like to see from him, especially coming off of a, a subpar return to action from the injury. Um, outside of him, though, um, second leading scorer, James Harden, 16 points, 11 assists, six rebounds. Not too bad. Five turnovers. Uh, two of seven from three, 21% overall from the floor. Uh, rough night for Harden. 13 points for Tyrese Maxey with six rebounds, two assists, and two blocks, interestingly enough. 14 off the bench for DeAnthony Melton with four steals and eight rebounds, and 10 off the bench as well for George Niang. Uh, Tobias Harris, only seven points. You know, just it's it's one of those things where we, we talk about it a lot for the Sixers to be successful we know Joel Embiid I mean he's an MVP now he's been an all NBA guy multiple times we know what he's capable of and we know that more often than not 85% of the time he's going to get those kind of numbers and be there Harden has had some of those inconsistencies Um, obviously the scoring workload at times for Philadelphia people have questioned that Uh, game one was a, a big uh you know, a big effort to silence that. And he did for the most part for a little while. And then it picked back up, you know, you're never really going to quiet that kind of talk unless you are consistently 30 points every night, like you were in the Houston days, you know, people are just looking for that. He is a different kind of player, but he's still capable of being a great scorer. And that's, you know, you need him. You don't need him to be 25 plus points. Really. You need him to be consistent 20 ish points, you know, and 16 isn't terrible. The percentages, what they were, you know, that's he was able to still be a contributor. Uh, but you need your your Tyrese Maxis to be closer to twenty as well. You need Tobias to pick pick up those points, um, and you need just a little bit more spread out scoring from your bench help. You know, that's really what I think is the was the factor for Philadelphia. And I mean, you look at the Celtics, uh, Tatum and Brown once again. Uh, par for the course there. Tatum with 27 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, racking up all sorts of stats. Um, only three, 11, three of 11 from three, but 50% from the floor really got the job done. Jalen Brown, not far behind, 23 points, seven rebounds, five assists, a steal, a block. He missed all four of his three-point attempts, and both those guys struggling from three, the, that's less points than they could have had in any other game. They got good balance scoring from the other guys, but you look at, I mean, a 114 point total is good scoring, but especially in today's, this season's pace of play in this league, um, the Sixers, they were close. Again, they just needed some bigger scoring from some other guys and they would have had a chance to to do great things and win this, win this game and get a 2-1 advantage and get the advantage in the series again after having it after game one. Uh, also for the Celtics, Al Horford, 17 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, um, 15 points for Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, both off the bench. Uh, Brogdon with six assists and three rebounds. Smart with three steals, 
three rebounds and four assists. And then uh, Derek White, uh, sorry, Marcus Smart started. He, he didn't come off the bench, but, uh, and alongside him, Derek White, 13.6 rebounds, two assists. So real spread out effort. You know, the Celtics only went eight deep. Uh, there's a lot of teams right now in the second round not going very deep in in their rotation. That's to be expected. It's the playoffs. But, um, you know, to me, I would kind of expect you get to at least nine or ten. Um, eight seems a little bit short. Um, and, we, and we've we've seen shorter rotations so far in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, still great job by uh, by Boston to to get that win. And again, pressures on Philadelphia. You don't win that game at home, that game four. You're uh, in a world of hurt. I mean, the fans are going to be very unhappy. And uh, you're in a dire straits type of situation. Um, You know, so the pressure is on them. Celtics, of course, um, even if they lose game four, they still feel pretty good because, again, they lost game one. You know, after game one, they were in the... uh, they were in the pressure position. They got the minimum job done. They got the win at home, and now they've stolen the early road game. So, you know, they lose game four. If Celtics lose game four, it's not really a huge deal. Obviously, they would like that game, but then it's a two. It's two two in the series. You have the home court advantage again, and uh, basically, a, it's a best of three series at that point. So, um, yeah, kudos to the Celtics for the win in that one. And then this game that just barely wrapped up. Last game, we're going to uh, talk about the Phoenix Suns hosting the Denver Nuggets uh, coming into this series, or excuse me, into this game. The Suns were down 2-0 in the series, and uh, Suns take care of business in their first home game. You know, they get themselves out of a, you know, pretty much guaranteed. If they would have lost game three, the series would have been over at that point. Um, so they get the first win. Now it's two one in the series. That's not too bad. They win at home one twenty one to one fourteen. Um, looking at some early stats that uh, I was notified of, this could have been this very well could have been uh, a game three loss. If you look at the flow. I mean, close throughout uh, going into the early second quarter, Suns going a great run to going to halftime. They were up fifteen points. Nuggets brought it right back, and then. Uh, Going in the fourth looked like it was anyone's game, but then the Suns go on a nice, uh, nice run throughout the fourth, just ahead of the Nuggets. Never really outrunning or outpacing the Nuggets, but um, never really an ultra close game. I mean, it was just good, solid fourth quarter performance to be able to get the victory. Uh, looking at things for the Nuggets, some big performances: Jokic, thirty points, seventeen rebounds, seventeen assists, and one block. I mean phenomenal phenomenal performance jamal murray led them in scoring 32 points six rebounds five assists a block a steal uh even though he was one for six from three that's still a pretty good rebound from that tough performance in game two michael porter jr 21 points 12 rebounds great game for him uh aaron gordon a little let down 9.7 rebounds two blocks and assist i mean that's not terrible but you look for him to score a little more um and then Bruce Brown off the bench, 11 points, three rebounds, three assists. So, um, I mean, a lot of great performances from Denver. You get maybe just a handful more points from a, a combination of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Aaron Gordon, uh, Christian Brown. I mean, you have a chance to 
to win this game very easily. I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope had two points. You'd expect him to get at least close to 10 ish kind of points. You know, he's never going to be a huge scorer, but he can contribute some points here and there. Uh, Aaron Gordon, you like to see him around 15 or 16 points. Um, so it was a close one. And you look at Phoenix's score, Devin Booker with 47 points, nine assists, six rebounds, three steals, a block, monster stat line. Kevin Durant, 39 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, two blocks. Again, monster stat line. The problem is those were Phoenix's only two. They're only double figure scorers, only two. Outside of that, TJ Warren, seven points off the bench. Cameron Payne, seven points starting at point guard, six points for Jock Landale. I mean, they got a lot of points from a lot of different guys, which is good. But I mean, DeAndre Ayton, four points in this game. And it's just disappointing. You know, he's a guy that even against the Jokic, an MVP caliber center, Jokic is not a world-class defender. Yeah, you would think Aiton should be able to, you know, off off rebounds, off of a lob, off of those types of things, pick up some more points and ease the burden of the two stars, especially with Chris Paul out. Um, you know, four points, nine rebounds, good rebounding, a block for him as well. Um, Cameron Payne, seven points, six assists, a steal, and Josh Okogie, the other starter, two points, one rebound. That's it. And um, I just uh, I just don't know. I I just feel weird about the Suns team, especially with Chris Paul out. Um, it's very concerning. They get the win, you know, but as phenomenal of scorers as Booker and Durant are, do you really want to have, <clears throat> excuse me, do you really want to have to depend on them getting 40 points each every game because even the greatest can't always guarantee those levels of performances. You know, you just need more. That's it. You just need more. And um, that'll be something to really watch for in game four. Of course, Chris Paul's status is another thing to be watching for, but um, Chris Paul doesn't play. Can the Suns manage to get some other performances from some guys to be able to get that pivotal game four win or will the Nuggets be able to, you know, claim that coveted 3-1 lead and um, have a chance to close out the series? You know, that's that's where that one's at. Despite the win, you have to think Phoenix is still kind of a little unsure uh, as a team. You know, again, Booker and Durant are going to do their thing. You got to have some more support. That's really the, uh, the gist of it. But um, with that, that takes care of our game summaries for... Uh, yesterday in today's action. Let's jump into key news. We only have a few items for you. Firstly, uh, some NBA award winners. Uh, firstly, uh, for the Boston Celtics, Marcus Smart named the 2023 NBA Hustle Award winner. This is actually the, his second consecutive year winning that award. So congratulations to him. Um, and actually, I misspoke. It's only that one award. Um, as far as I know, we've announced most or the NBA has announced most of its award winners. We're still waiting on, um, oh, what are we waiting on? Teammate of the year, um, sportsmanship award, except they don't do, they don't, no, they do. They do the sportsmanship award. The one they don't do is a Jay Walter Kennedy 
citizenship award. I think that, you know, for the most part has been replaced by the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar social justice champion award, maybe. And um, I mean, there's a community assist award from the NBA cares program. Um, So the citizenship award, which is a longstanding award for whatever reason, just kind of lost its place. But anyways, so the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar social justice champion award. That's one that we haven't heard yet. Teammate of the year. Twyman Stokes teammate of the year. Um, Sportsmanship Award, Joe Dumars Sportsmanship Award. And I believe that's it for those individual awards um, that are not postseason performance related. Of course, we still have the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals MVPs and the NBA Finals MVPs. So, um, but otherwise, we've gotten most of the awards. Um, Let's next talk about something that really surprises me and perplexes me for the Milwaukee Bucks. We have some news head coach, Mike Budenholzer has been fired, let go, whatever you want to, you know, whatever phrase you want to coin there. And I, uh, I'm not a fan, honestly. I mean, two years ago, just two years ago, the Milwaukee Bucks won the 2021 NBA championship with Mike Budenholzer as the head coach, he was clearly a part of the Bucks turning from a team that was good in the regular season, but was coming up short in the playoffs, first round, second round, and also for helping translate Giannis into that consistent MVP type player versus just being an all-star and exciting talent. You know, he was a big part of all of that. If we're going to be honest, you know, um, he's not the only one, of course. I mean, it's, the players were able to to get that victory, you know, if we wanted to take the the Michael Jordan approach. Um you know, I mean, that was prompted by Jerry Krause being interesting. But anyways, um yeah, I mean, they got Drew Holiday, that was a big signing that was able to, you know, tip the scale and help them get over the over the hump. Uh Brooke Lopez continuing to kind of re redefine himself later in his career, but Budenholzer helped guide that, you know, and in 2022, they lose in the second round after a tough Chris Middleton injury. And then they lose in the first round this year. I get it. You lose in the first round with an MVP candidate who who missed a couple games, but still he was there for the last few games that they met. They lost Chris Middleton back still, you know, being monitored for that injury status. Um, you know, you can add those factors. Um, I think it's also worth considering that it was during that playoff series, which was only a week or two ago that Mike Budenholzer lost his brother. Tragically, his brother passed away and, you know, that's maybe a factor. You're dealing with the loss of a loved one, a sibling, during a playoff series. It's possible that might affect you in the way you're going to do your job, you know? So they lose the series, tough loss, frustrating loss, and then they decide we need to go in a different coaching direction. To me, it's perplexing. I think it's... A mistake unless 
the replacement manages to keep things going, you know, and with that, I will say there's, you know, a bevy of qualified, capable, and, you know, professional coaches out there. There is every possibility that the Milwaukee Bucks hire a coach who's going to do a better job than Budenholzer. I understand that, and I respect that. But you have a proven quantity, and there's a lot of times where you make a coaching change, and the new head coach just isn't able to get it done. You know, and maybe you have some some gripes with Budenholzer that are justified, as far as you know limitations in being able to always be a contending team you know not every coach is going to be your phil jackson or uh you know steve kerr of recent years or greg popovich you're not always going to have that head coach or red Auerbach, but you can be very successful and be continually contending with coaches in that quality mike budenholzer uh you know george carl um Lenny Wilkins, even though Wilkins did win a championship, you know, these guys that are and again, Budenholzer won a championship and he was proven before in Atlanta for helping guide that program to be one of the winning. I mean, they were the winningest team in the East in a year that had LeBron on the Cavs in his prime. You know, I anyways, I'll leave it at that. That's a little longer for one individual news item, but the Milwaukee Bucks now join the head coaching search. I'm confused by it, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. So so that's a, that item. Uh, on the injury front, just a quick update uh, as far as tonight's game. And we already mentioned it, but just, you know, refresher. For the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, he did not play in game three. Um, so that just goes into that continuing um, equation as far as what their roster will look like, their lineup will look like, rather, for the rest of the series. Chris Paul's availability, how that impacts um, Booker and Durant, what they're expected to do, um, definitely worth keeping in mind. And finally, some unfortunate news um, for the NBA family. We lost a former player and executive, Lance Blanks. Uh, he passed away at the age of 56. Uh, this was Wednesday he passed away. And um, yeah, three seasons in the NBA. He was a standout collegiate athlete at um, both University of Virginia and the University of Texas. Um, this was in the 90s, and 90s was when he was mainly in his playing career. Um, he was, um, you know, moved up through NBA front offices versus scout for the Spurs, an assistant GM for the Cavs, a, and then a GM for the Phoenix Suns, and he was also recently a scout for the Clippers. Um, since then he has been, um, a part of the ESPN, uh, family, I believe. Um, let me double check that. Yeah, I, I believe he's been a, uh, an analyst with ESPN in recent years. Again, 56, not very old at all. Um, you know, I expect him a little bit longer again, he, he's got, a big part of NBA history, a, a lengthy front office career, a player in his own right, um, part of the media circle with ESPN. Um, so, of course, wishing his family the best at this time. That's a tough loss. 
uh, for the NBA family as a whole. So uh, that takes care of our key news for today. We'll real quick jump into some very brief second round conversation as far as um, generally how this second round has gone so far. Um, I don't think there's been too many surprises. I mean, I suppose the biggest surprise was that game one victory for the Lakers. We knew that would be a very competitive series and it would be very intriguing. I don't know if any of us expected the Lakers to come out of the gate and get that game one like they did. Um, so that was a surprise. Otherwise, you know, um, maybe the Denver Phoenix series with how Phoenix was able to control the series against the Clippers. Of course, the Clippers were dealing with their own injury troubles, um, which compared to the Suns dealing with the Chris Paul injury, um, you know, Clippers was many times worse than what the Suns are dealing with right now with injuries. Um, so, you know, there was a different series, but um, to me, I, I, I picked the Suns to win in that in a series against the Nuggets. Nuggets are proving me wrong so far. Suns get that game three victory, of course, but um, you know, Jokic has been phenomenal and it's not that we didn't think he'd be phenomenal, but it's just, it, it was going to go one of two ways. And I guess you could say this of any series, but a lot of people were picking the nuggets to do kind of what they did the last couple of years and, you know, not reach that expectation in the playoffs, not play up to par. And especially going, going up against that stacked star studded starting lineup of the Suns that kind of expectation was just easier to latch on to. But the Nuggets, with their first number one seed, um, one of their best winning records, one of their best records in their franchise history, they are determined to, you know, make this different than other years. They want to go deep. They want to go conference finals again, like they did in 2020. They want to go to the NBA finals for the first time in their franchise history. You know, that's their goal. And Michael Malone has been doing a great job as he always does with the coaching. Jokic is extra motivated. They've got Murray back in the fold. And so we shouldn't be that surprised. Heat Knicks. That's not too surprising to see that series tied one-to-one with how Jimmy Butler was playing. He got that in the first game. Now with the injury, the ankle injury, that really kind of affects the complexion of that series. Um, and then Boston leading two to one against the Sixers. Again, I picked the Sixers to win that series, but that's not a surprise to see Boston leading two to one. Um, I mean, they're a two, three seed in the East, um, just a couple wins separating them to the best teams, two of the best players, Tatum and Embiid, great co-stars, depth, rivalry. There's a lot to that series. So there's not too much of a surprise as far as Boston leading it. Although I personally had expected the Sixers to be uh, to win that series, so there's not too many surprises um, all around. Um, when it comes to our, I'm gonna recycle some questions we discussed with the first round teams or players that have exceeded expectations. I would go with uh, Denver. Just again, what we talked about as far as being so dominant in those first two games. We knew they would be good, but we weren't sure if they would be able to meet the expectations we have for them. And again, the Lakers exceeded the expectations in that first game. Um, and the teams that failed to meet expectations, um, 
in the second round so far, Phoenix, the Phoenix supporting cast. But again, we've already kind of talked about that. Um, and then Philadelphia as well. There's some questions there. So those would be some quick takes on that. Um, as far as that last question, what is one series pick you would amend if given the chance? If I was to do that now, after you know three games and a couple series, two games and a couple other series, if I was to change one of my picks, I wouldn't be changing a Heat Knicks pick because I didn't pick either of them to make it to the second round. So that's that's my bad, and none of us hosts picked that one. So the other three series, if I had to amend that pick, um, that's a tough one. It would probably be, it's really versus Nuggets Suns and Celtic Sixers because Warriors Lakers one to one going into Los Angeles. That one is kind of either way, whereas the other two have some some series leaders at this point, and. For me, I would probably say if I was to to rewrite a pick, it would be. This is tough. I'd go with the Denver pick. Probably would. If I was to amend that, I would say, okay, Denver's going to win that series. And um, again, we're not we're not changing our picks. This is just if we could, you know, I still have the Suns pick to win that series in my bracket predictions. And so. But Nuggets look really strong, you know. And even though Boston leads two to one, I think Philadelphia has enough to work with, and Boston has enough inconsistencies to capitalize on for the Sixers to win that series. So that's what I would say as far as an amended pick. But that's just a very brief conversation around the second round so far. Let's jump into our upcoming schedule for you. Um and there's not going to be um, too many games each day, um, two games each day for the next few days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Saturday, tomorrow, we have uh, game three of the Knicks and Heat series. It'll be the first game in Miami. Uh, the Heat hosting that one, the series side one to one. That's at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. All of the times I will give you are Eastern Standard Time, so keep that in mind. 3.30 on ABC Again, tied one to one, Knicks and Heat, very exciting. Another series tied one to one, the Lakers at home against Golden State Warriors. That's eight thirty on ABC. So, both your Saturday games on ABC. We then jump to Sunday, and we'll have Game Four for both the uh, Boston and Philadelphia series, as well as the Denver and Phoenix series. Game Four, Sixers at home versus the Celtics. Boston leads two to one. Sixers look to tie it up. That's 3.30 on ESPN. And then game four, uh, the Phoenix Suns at home against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, their second game at home, Denver with a 2-1 lead, similar similarly to the other game. Uh, Suns looking to tie the series 2-2. Two two. That's 8 o'clock on TNT. And then finally on Monday, we'll wrap up your game four action with, you guessed it, the Heat and the Knicks, followed by the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, Heat will host the Knicks at 7.30 on TNT, and the Lakers will host the Warriors at 10 o'clock on TNT as well. The end of Monday night, we'll have finished uh, the first four games of all the second-round series, and we'll have a clear idea what's at stake for the closing of those series. And um, because all these will go to a game five. I mean, we've already tied the series in all of them. where um, We've already had both teams win. So, so each of these series will go to a game five. 
and those would wrap up on Wednesday. So we could have some of these second round series finishing as early as Wednesday, the 10th. Um, So just something to keep an eye on as you go into this weekend. Otherwise that takes care of the bulk of our show. Let's give you our this day in history fact before we wrap things up. And for this one, we're going back to 1969, May 5th of 1969. Also Cinco de Mayo. Forgot to mention that hall of famers, Bill Russell and Sam Jones, two of Boston's all time greats ended their Celtic careers with a 108 to 106 game seven victory over the Los Angeles Lakers, giving Boston its 11th NBA championship in 13 years, ending a stellar run that will, you know, 99.999 repeating percent. I guarantee that 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 percentage, I guarantee that that is never going to be broken. There's always the outside chance that you have some miracle dynasty in the future, but um, 11 championships in 13 years, that will never be beat. I'm willing to bet. Um, and that's a pretty straightforward, uh, straightforward case. The other fact from the day, which was a long-winded one, but it's a cool one. If you've seen the highlight of Larry Bird, it's in the 81 NBA Finals against the Rockets. Uh, he shoots, misses the... Actually, let me... Let me clarify that. I don't believe that was the finals. I'm I'm misspeaking here. Let me get the exact fact for you. If we're going to report a bonus this day in history fact, we're going to make sure it's right. Uh, May. Let me get to May here. Just scrolling through the NBA website to find this fact. 81. It is the finals. I should have trusted my gut. Game one of the NBA finals. It was against Houston, the Rockets. Uh, he misses a shot is able to figure out based on the traje- the trajectory and the rebound where he needs to go to get the rebound rushes to the baseline where it's heading, grabs it, flips it to his left hand, throws it up. His body's behind the backboard. It's, it's a phenomenal play. Uh, apparently red Auerbach called it the greatest play he had ever seen. Um, and of course the Celtics won that game. They won the series. It was Larry Bird's first championship. Uh, the f- uh, first Celtics championship since the uh, the Cowens, White, Havlicek, you know, 70s era of uh, two championships. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great one as well. But again, I went with that 69 fact because that one's also fantastic. Um, with that, that takes care of our, uh, our show in its entirety. I'll real quick plug our Instagram page. That's crossover across time on Instagram, all one word, no capital letters. We share content from the show as well as doing our best to share content from across the NBA. So it's a great place along with the podcast itself to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA as as a whole and also get that historic perspective as well. Um, Again, as far as our Monday show, we won't have Wyatt on, but we'll have your game summaries from the weekend of action. We'll preview what the, the week will look like for uh, playoff games. We'll check in on our brackets, um, so on and so forth. So with that, thank you again for listening. We appreciate your support and we'll be back with you on Monday. Monday.